1: Andrew, also known as the Cashflow King, is joining us, and we're going to have NFT Tones joining us later in the show. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple has rebranded their ODL system, stating this is a small shift towards the mainstream introduction of the newly re- rebranded payment system. We also have Cardano founder Charles Hoskinson stirring the waters between the Ripple and Ethereum community once again, stating there was no validity to the quote unquote conspiracies with Hinman and former government regulation. As Robert Kinosaki stated that crypto is the future this weekend, comparing Bitcoin to gold, silver, and oil. And with Citibank tokenizing bonds on the blockchain this week, we break down the details, showing our community how the largest financial firms on the planet are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast... Our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I made it through the introduction without a voice crack, but as you can tell, I was at the Patriots game last night. Unfortunately, we took an L, but I'm excited for today's show. So how you feel, my friend? Thanks for being here.
2: Well, Abs, I'm sorry to hear that. My condolences to you and all Patriot fans. It's going to be a rough few years, but you guys have had 20 good years. But let me start this like I always do. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you and appreciate you for showing up every single day like a true warrior. Happy to get started. And hey, it's great to see Andrew here today. Andrew, I can't wait to hop into it, buddy.
1: Cashflow, there's a lot more exciting stuff that we can get into besides the Patriots information. we got JP Morgan news, Ripple ODL news, but also... Charles Hodgkinson stirring the waters, claiming that there's no validity to the Hinman conspiracies. This is going to be a great episode. How you feel, my friend? Thanks for being here.
3: Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody, wherever you are in the world. 7 it is 5.15 p.m. in Netherlands at the moment. So very excited for the show. Had a great weekend. Also, all the all people watching now, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a great show. Uh, Johnny, Epps... Uh, yeah, happy to be with you today.
1: Awesome, guys. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates throughout the day. When we look at the Bitcoin fear and greed index this morning, we are sitting in fear, Johnny Crypto, at a 38. But look at the total coin market cap, sitting at $1.08 trillion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 49% dominance, Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 27,300, Ethereum 1650, XRP is 50 cents, and Cardano trading for a quarter this morning, guys. And we already got 143 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And today, we're going to be going down the rabbit hole, guys. This is going to be a pretty special episode for this community because the conspiracy between JP Morgan and Ethereum are coming to light. And that's not, that goes far beyond the crypto community right now. But we're going to start off with this video of the Masari CEO. This is, a, uh, let me actually pull this off the screen and bear with me here, guys, because I am on my laptop this morning. So this year, Masari is going to be hosting an event and they are going to be sponsored by Ripple. Ripple is a bronze sponsor for their mainnet event of 2023. And that's actually going to be taking place in two days, starting on September 20th. Now, why is this important? Their CEO and co founder, Ryan Selkis, was doing an interview last week and he broke down some details about Gary Gensler. What I think is so shocking here, guys, is these are willing participants of the industry. These are people who are abiding by the laws and even they're critical of Gary Gensler. So we're gonna let this short clip play and go back to the group
4: here. Here we go.
0: Like, Gensler's just a liar,
4: right? I've been on this for two years. He's, he's just, there's no other way to say it. He's, he's, a, he's corrupt and he's a liar. It's not that he's making bad decisions. The SEC should go after scammers, they should go after bad actors. And you know that's, what? Again, that's how against and, the law. And, and, you don't need to do law well, to, to punish fraud. <laughs> it's, it's already against the law, but you know what? Gensler, if you want to do your job and be a hero, why don't you catch Voyager, Celsius, Genesis, FTX, instead of hosting them in your office because they're political donors, and do your fucking job instead of just going after celebrities? right? That's why people can't stand him. It's not that he's mean or that, oh, we're trying to leverage regulatory arbitrage. It's that he is corrupt, he is dishonest, and he is completely captured by an anti crypto senator who has outsized influence in this administration and Elizabeth Warren. That's that's just reality. So, um, you know, I think people get uncomfortable talking about politics in general, and uh, and I've certainly opened up myself to some criticism and 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 you know been a little bit of a lightning rod. But but some of these um, some of these statements that I've made the last two years are, you know, aging well, unfortunately. And I think most people generally are are of the same opinion that, you know, if there's not a changing of the guard in this administration, move offshore, like it's over in the U.S. Gary Gensler has
1: been corrupted by the big banks, Johnny Crypto. And this is something that used to be talked about only amongst the Ripple community when we were being sued. Now the Ethereum community is coming around. Charles Hotskinson even made some statements this weekend that were pretty profound. We already have 186 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, you tell me, do you agree with Ryan Selkis here? Gary Gensler's out of control, and it's because he's funded
2: by the banks. Listen, there should be no surprise to anybody who knows our political system that it runs off of donations. I mean, why is anybody surprised at these days? I mean, everybody knows that there's lobbyists out there, that there's money funneling in and donate donators. And until we change our system where, where these large donations, you know, aren't going to have, you're always going to have a very, very simple equation that works. And it's this money talks and bullshit walks. That's the bottom line. It's that simple, right? So follow the money where the money goes. That's how, this is how the world works. And the fact that people can't understand that that's how it works or think that it doesn't work that way to me is where the real sin is you need to understand that's just how the world works and so that's why i keep saying i've been saying many many for a long time on this show we need pro crypto money coming into this space to counterbalance the anti-crypto money and that's the way there's a reason why i've been saying that abs because that's how the world works money versus money More money on the scale. If you want to balance the scale, then you've got to have equal amounts of money coming in on both sides. And if you have more anti crypto money coming in than pro crypto money into the donations, well, then there's no surprise to expect the result we're getting. And for me, that's what that's now. What we've seen over the past, you know, maybe year or so is a lot of pro crypto senators talking. So that tells you there's probably money flowing in now and you're going to get a healthy balance. And eventually, I think we're going to get some regulation coming out of this thing soon.
1: Well, Johnny Crypto, you broke it down, and Brad Garlinghouse shared the exact same opinions that you did. For the longest time, it's been money talks and BS walks, and the banks control these markets, which means they control the money flow, guys. And we got 201 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This video is one that I think every XRP holder should be aware of because back in 2019, 15 senior JP Morgan executives met with Brad Garlinghouse and the Ripple team at their offices, and just a couple of months later, They were sued by the SEC. But Brad Garlinghouse right here is kind of agreeing with our conspiracy theories. Money talks and BS walks. And for the time being, J.P. Morgan, they control the money markets.
0: When we
5: talk about Jamie Dimon, we first have to recognize where he sits. Uh, He sits at the top of the global financial infrastructure. There are a few banks, of which J.P.M. is certainly one, that make billions and billions of dollars of profit by virtue of that perch you know, 99.9% of banks don't make money in this ecosystem in, in terms of cross-border payments. Jamie Dimon makes a technical term of a shit ton of money by sitting <laughs> So when I hear Jamie Dimon saying it's a fraud, I think to myself, well, of course he's going to say that. He's talking, I mean, and by the way, there's also you know, people who uh, conspiratorially, are there, he's trying to talk down the price of Bitcoin so he can, JPM can buy it. Like the, the idea that
1: anybody who watches our show knows at the time of this video, it was a conspiracy. This was proven to be true. There have been documentaries on it. Do one Google search and you can figure out. They were telling people, stay away from Bitcoin. We'll fire you if you work for JP Morgan and you buy Bitcoin. But the executive accounts were purchasing large amounts. And that's what came to light over the next couple of years. But let's play the remainder of this and kick it to Johnny and Andrew.
5: The idea that JP Morgan isn't actively working in the blockchain and Bitcoin space is not true. Uh, I mean, frankly, I don't mind sharing. There are about 15 senior J.P. Morgan people at Ripple's offices this afternoon. Now, unless J.P. Morgan is going to fire them. (laughs) Does J.P. Diamond know that? (laughs) Apparently not. Anyway, so look, that's my thought on the whole J.P. Diamond thing. I do think there are people who are going to say this is, you know, uh, in the same manner. A very smart investor said to me, uh, you know, in 1997, the whole West Coast was long Amazon and the whole East Coast was shorting Amazon. We saw
1: how that worked out. And- Johnny Crypto, you can talk about firsthand experience when it comes to selling your Amazon stock, but we got 230 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And today we're talking about JP Morgan. We're talking about R3. But let's start with what he just said right there. Jamie Dimon has been involved with these markets since 2016, at least according to guys like Brad Garlinghouse. But he was firing employees in 2017 for even talking positively about Bitcoin you tell me what you take from this video. Let's kick it to Andrew.
2: I'm I'm not so sure he was firing people. I'm sure we all heard him say it. I'd like to see if anybody actually really did get did get get fired. Abs. Oh, sorry about that. But um, you know, the reality is he just nailed it. Basically, what we said with Yusko. These guys know that when they want to buy something cheap, what did Yusko tell you they do? They don't come out and say, "Hey, I want to buy Bitcoin." Because <laughs> what's going to happen? The whole world's going to go buy it. And then they're going to have to pay a premium for it. So instead, what do you do? You come out, you bash it, you talk bad about it. It, you know, All the sentiment gets negative. Everybody's selling and dumping it. And then you go ahead and you buy it for cheap. What do you think? Who do you think was buying it at 15K? Who do you think propped it up and held it at 15K? I mean, I'm going to tell you, it was probably, we're going to find out, it was probably two big companies, probably BlackRock and, and JP Morgan. Why? Because they know a Bitcoin BTC is coming, a ETF is coming. And when that ETF comes, you ain't ever going to see 15K again, right?
1: Keep in mind, Johnny Crypto, in China, they banned Bitcoin. They banned the purchasing of Bitcoin when it was at $65,000. Well, what happened a couple of months ago at $17,500? They Hong Kong it. citizens were allowed to buy Bitcoin. Hey,
2: itself. what do you know? Now you can buy. After we bought it, now you can go buy, right? See what exactly. I mean? The it to drive the price down, then buy it cheap, then open the door so it can be driven back up. I mean, it's just that simple, guys. It's a very, very simple game. And if you're in the academy, these are the things you're going to learn, right? We, we talk about the stuff. We educate everybody to just understand how the game is played. Then you go, when you learn how the game is played, you take Andrew's course over there. You take Andrew's course. To learn how to create your exit and then you go get Merlin, you put them in Merlin, and now you've got all the tools you need to survive. By the way, Abs, I just want to give a shout out. I've spoken to a lot of Merlin users over the past few weeks, so shout out to all you guys for giving this shot. Been making some customer phone calls, and uh, very cool to talk to the uh, to the user base out there. So just love you guys. Just want to give you a shout out.
1: Andrew Cashflow, on a much more important note, when we're talking about the the state of the market today with J.P. Morgan and where things are, I think there's a lot of corruption that was happening in 2018, made its way into the markets, and now is sitting with Gary Gensler. And Charles Hoskinson made some really interesting comments. But let's talk about the connections between J.P. Morgan and Ripple. Brad Garlinghouse confirmed they had 15 senior executives in their office before they were sued by the SEC. What do you take away from all this information?
3: (laughs) You know, and we all do and we all think it, it's special and crypto is special this 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 fraud and this uh, Manipulation it's going on for years. Look what happened with gold and silver It's also manipulated and so then you know those big guys They know how to play the game and I I, I, I agree with Johnny They talk bad about it because then they can scoot up oh, scoop up uh, Bitcoin for 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 cheap and uh, and then and then sell it sell, sell it later. But what I'm also wondering is um, we don't and there is a lot of discussion, you know, about, about XRP and the fraud with the SEC, but in the whole discussion, how often do you hear Vitalik Buterin speak about this situation? Silence. How often do we still hear about something about Sam Saint- Bankman Fried? It's also very quiet, you know. How often do we hear about Celsius? Also not so much. And Voyager also not so much. So all those people, they all are funders for 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 yeah, on, on, on political parties. And so money talks and, and just just follow the money and you understand you understand the game. And you know, and we have to deal with it. Can we fight it? Can we be angry about it? Of course we can be angry. Does it help? No, it doesn't help. The only thing what we can do is just just uh, uh, maneuver through the waves and 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 take advantage of the ups and the downs. That's that's what Johnny also said. That's what we do in the in the academy, guys. And this is what everyone's talking about this weekend,
1: Andrew. And I'm excited to hear your opinion on this matter in particular, as Charles Hoskinson has continued to debate the XRP community about the corruption that took place at the SEC. For anybody who doesn't know. Charles Hoskinson, I believe, was the leader of the Ethereum Foundation for six months before he stepped back. He was at least one of the top nine members at the time. But these are the statements that he put out this weekend referring to the Ethereum ICO. He said, I've always believed that when Ethereum had its initial ICO at $18 million and very few people were doing them, that the SEC decided to ignore it and crypto. And they got lucky to be too old to consider after the eye of the Sauron moved over. Wow. This man, he speaks in code here, guys. What he's trying to say is that the SEC gave Ethereum a free pass for their ICO and allowed that $18 million offering to take place. And then by the time they addressed it, it was too old to go after. Absolutely personal relationships and backroom stuff likely played a role, said Charles Hoskinson. It happens every day with BlackRock, Chase, Goldman Sachs, Big Pharma, Telecos, the defense industry, and many others. I don't believe Ethereum bribed the SEC to go after Ripple. That's the conspiracy part that makes no sense at all to me. Ripple wasn't even in the smart contract space. So let's start off with the important information right there. Last sentence, Johnny. That's where I'd like to start this Q&A. Ripple wasn't even in the smart contract space. Do you believe there was an incentive for JP Morgan or Ethereum to go after Ripple because they're a competitor? Kind of keep it short because I got a bunch of questions.
2: Yeah, not Ethereum. No, I I don't think Ethereum. They're not a big threat to Ethereum. JP Morgan, yes potentially, because JP Morgan, as as Brad just talked about, makes a shit ton of money. Love that word. We use it all the time here. A shit ton of money on cross-border payments, and now here comes Ripple along with a system that jeopardizes that. So you can certainly see where there could be some motive there. But for Ethereum, no. I kind of agree, with, and nobody's going to like this because everybody seems to hate Charles, but I have to agree with Charles on that one that that part of it right there Ethereum wanting to, you know, forcing the S D to go off the Ripple. I, yeah. From a logical perspective, it just doesn't make sense because they're not even in the same business. They don't even do the same thing. But from a JPM side, you know, either, there certainly could be maybe something there. Don't forget, JPM had the whole R- R3 quarter um, and consensus and all that stuff going on at the same time. And I believe Ripple was actually part of that at one point, and then that whole thing fell apart. So there's something definitely, there's some smoke there, Abs, no doubt about it.
1: You know what's nice about this show, Johnny, is we've been doing this so long that we're going to bring receipts to this argument. And Bill Hinman was paid $3.5 million from Simpson and Thatcher. That was before he was at the SEC. While he was at the SEC, he openly communicated with them. They told him many times, do not talk to anybody in the Ethereum Alliance. Do not talk to Simpson and Thatcher. Hinman ignored that advice, continued to communicate through email, which we all got exposed to. But today, he is working back at Simpson and Thatcher, and now He's working out Fireblocks, another Ethereum associated company. So Andrew Cashflow, he calls this a conspiracy, but I'm gonna ask you as a matter of fact, do you consider the three and a half million dollars that Bill Hinman made before he entered the SEC and gave his 2018 speech to be a bribe? Do you consider it to be a bribe in your opinion?
3: Mm, you know, I'm 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 not I'm not a judge. Is it a bribe? Um I don't know. Uh what, what I know is that a lot of wealthy people have information just beforehand before the the major public knows about it so they are able to to get in early and 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 then then if it, if, if it will be public information you know it is uh, uh by the rumors and sell the news but the, the 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 yeah the really wealthy people they already know before the rumors and that's where, where they make their money so uh yeah, can can we do something about it? No, not, not too much, but uh, yeah, it's 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 sometimes it's it's uh, also for these guys it's a little bit risky. That's why I love blockchain so much. There is so much open, so there will be so much information revealed in in the future. So it's a uh, it's it's reading like a very exciting book, and I'm 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 yeah looking forward to what will happen in, in the future.
1: Johnny Crypto, the best, the best way to teach somebody something is using an analogy, right? Let's use an analogy. Let's do a little storytelling right now. Let's pretend that me and Johnny Crypto are good friends and we're working at Merlin, and all of a sudden I am selected to the SEC. I'm running for the SEC now, guys. Somehow, some way I shake hands with Gary Gensler and I am the new chairman of the SEC. What would you think if coincidentally, Johnny Crypto wrote me a three and a half million dollar check before I entered the SEC and all of a sudden I passed some friendly crypto regulation? specifically for Merlin, but not for CoinGecko, right? Specifically for Merlin, but not for CoinMarketCap. I was able to give Johnny Crypto free pass with regulation and annex the competitors at the same time. I'm going to ask the live chat. Do you think that is legal? Do you think that's bribery? I'd love to hear your opinion, but Johnny. What do you think of that story? Is that bribery in your opinion?
2: No, I think that's just purely coincidental. You were just getting changed <laughs> good job before you. That's just your bonus Of course, come on. We all we all know that that's exactly how you know how, how it's played, right? <laughs> on a serious note, it's um that that's you know pretty much pro- probably what happened, and and then certainly. You know, yeah. Just make sure you don't sue, sue, sue us three months later, okay? But uh, that would be that would be a breach of uh, that that nice bonus check that you received. But yeah, there's something shady about it. There's no question about it that that's just not how things should be operated. The problem is we haven't seen any, and I and I told you that was going to happen. There's been no justice. Have we seen? It? I told you nothing was going to happen to Hinman, and sure enough, here we you know, other than collecting his. Ch- You know, that's about it It's just It's just unfortunately uh, You know, it's kind of like What what Yosko says It's kind of like I hate to say this Because it's not right But it is, in a way It's kind of like The cost of doing business And they knew there was a price They had to pay They paid Hinman Whatever they had to pay him And they got done What they needed to get done And and there were no consequences And that's, uh, unfortunately It's not right I don't like it But it's just how it works And so the reality is You can and say, oh, I hate it. Or you can just say, hey, let me learn how the system is played so that you then don't get hung up wasting time waiting for justice that's never going to happen. But yet focus your energy on where you should maybe invest your resources, build a business, put your time into something you can control when you understand how things work. That, to me, is a more better use of your time.
1: Johnny Crypto, we got 336 live listeners joining us. Show us some love smash that like button. And yesterday, there was a video of Charlie Gasparino circulating on Twitter where he was talking about in 2017, how there was a plan for the industry to self-regulate itself. And I want to give a shout out to the digital asset investor. He always does amazing journalism here. But this is what Charles was kind of hinting at. And we got NFT tones in the house. NFT tones, welcome to the show, my friend. First of all, how are you feeling? But we're going to get into this article really quick, Johnny, because both the CFTC and the SEC are ill-equipped from a law and policy to regulate the cryptocurrency space properly. So, what they're doing is they're trying to do it the way they think they can with the framework that they have. That's another statement this weekend out of Charles Hotkinson. And I want to ask you, do you believe that it's a it's a framework issue or is this a corruption issue? I just want to ask you, we're we're getting dicey on
2: this show. Well, uh, yeah, no, I mean this there's, there's no question about it that there is definitely a framework issue or a regulation issue. I've I've explained that on this show. I don't know how many times I have to go into it, but when you look at Cryptocurrency. We're trying to regulate an industry with a ruling that was made in 1943 for an industry that started in 1988. I mean, come on. it's just You know, 40 years before something was invented, we're going to make rules for it. Abs, if I told you to go make rules for some new technology that you know nothing about right now, that's going to happen 40 years from now. How the frick are you going to make the right rules? You I'm, sure I'm gonna get my
1: crystal it. ball. I'm gonna pull out yeah.
2: my. Yeah, that's right. Get your magic eight ball. Shake that so much out and see if you get some answers. Because that's about as good as it's gonna be. Is one of those old magic eight balls that you probably don't remember. You were in diapers when we were playing with those things. But um, you know. So the reality is, yeah, it, there is totally no question about it. The rules, the regulation is not in place to be able to govern this thing correctly. And I'll give you one example only: when you issue a stock, and I buy a stock. I own the company. When you issue a cryptocurrency, I buy the cryptocurrency, XRP. I don't own Ripple, the company. Boom. Right there alone, there's one major difference. That means the rules that we have in place of the Howey test automatically don't apply because you have that one disconnect there alone. And there's other ones, but that's one of the biggest ones. So for me alone, it's more of a regulatory issue or, or you know law issue, as you were saying, versus a corruption issue. But the problem is in lieu of not having the right rules in place, it gives the ability now to go and do things on your own. And that's where kind of the, the, the whole, you know, shady stuff happens. Does that make sense?
1: Definitely makes sense. And Andrew Cashel, I do got to get your opinion as well, because the Ethereum ICO is a huge red flag for the entire industry. If they decide to ban ICOs going forward, That's going to put a huge red flag on the United States. Companies will just decide to ICO in Singapore, ICO in the UAE. We even hear Brad Garlinghouse talk about this nowadays. But one of the things that I think is very clear is if we don't see a shift in regulation, they're going to move outside the United States. Do you believe we're on the precipice in a shift of regulation for the U.S., or are we going to wait until 2024, 2025 when Gary Gensler is out of office?
3: Yeah, I think that, uh, that the US is maneuvering itself, not in the very best situation at the moment. Look look at the Mika, uh, uh, uh law that, that, that was created by the European Union. You know, is it is it the perfect regulation? Mm, not so sure, but there is something. And it gives a framework for all companies that want to work within the uh, EU to, to do stuff. And we see also other regulations we saw in, we see intentions. And, and it looks like that U.S. wants to figure out everything with lawyers and the rest of the world just like to figure out stuff with logic, engineering and that kind of stuff, you know, and, and business management. And so it's for me, it, it's weird, but we see this already for years, that, 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 that this, this situation. So, uh, yeah, uh, I would say U.S., uh, go ahead. But. Yeah, think, think twice and do not take too long time because really innovation, you push innovation out of your country and you don't want to do that.
1: It's like Johnny Crypto says, money talks and BS walks. And the second the banks figure out how to regulate this market, Andrew, the second they are ready to profit off this market, that's when we're going to get friendly crypto regulation in the United States. And it's articles like these that only validate that, guys, because if we don't adopt this technology in the US, it will be adopted overseas. And then the old system will be left behind, but Ripple, Tranglo, and SBI Remit have announced a joint venture as SBI Ripple Asia. The primary focus of this collaboration is to reintroduce Ripple's XRP enabled remittance solution to bank accounts in the Philippines, Vietnam, and Indonesia starting this month. Since 2017, SBI Remit has harnessed Ripple's technology for cross-border transactions, and in 2021, it introduced a unique powered crypto solution for money transfers between Japan and the Philippines. The expanded service targets countries with large remittance corridors partnering with Tranglo and the initiative will use XRP as an intermediary for currency for speed, cost efficiency, and enhanced scalability in global transactions. These are the articles that are going to force regulation in the United States because, Johnny, the money is starting to be made. We started this video with JP Morgan stating they make billions of dollars every year from just transferring value cross-border these types of technologies are emerging, and that means JP Morgan needs to be in the game in some way, shape, or form. How do you feel mm-hmm. about all this transpiring before our eyes? SBI Ripple Asia has just hit the global markets.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't necessarily agree with you with the JPM has to use Ripple or right? XRP for that. The, oh, I didn't about- say that. I said mm-hmm. they have to use blockchain as a solution. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blockchain, blockchain yes. Yes. yeah. I thought you were referring to Ripple. Yeah, XRP is a – yeah, no, they definitely do, and they definitely will. And they're working on their own system with Quorum and, and R3 Quarta and consensus. That's all happening right now as we speak. So don't don't be um, – uh, what's the word? Don't be um, surprised by that. What's interesting about this news – oh, what I should say is so what's exciting to me about this news – is the conversation, if you recall, that we had about we always talk about everybody wants to know on this show when is XRP price going to go up? When is it going to go up? Well, these are the kinds of things right here. When we're talking about the utility, yeah, bring that back. There we go. See where it says here, partnering with initiative will use XRP as the intermediary currency. When it says that, I'll translate in that English. What that means is they need that will add or increase to the XRP daily trade volume. When you increase the daily trade volume, On a non-retailer basis, but but an institutional basis, that's going to ultimately drive up the total market cap of it, and that will drive the price up. So for me, this is the kind of news that I I get a little excited about. I like to see where where other nations are utilizing XRP that's going to drive the total daily volume, trade volume, that's non-retailer based that is very very exciting apps and we want to see we want to continue to see this that my folks my friends is what's going to drive the price of xrp up
3: you know and this is called utility and that's why we need to look at for every coin is there a decent team and more important is there a decent utility behind the coin because when utility is there demand will go up and then you know then you know Price will go up if there is a limited amount of coins. That's fundamental analysis. It's basics, but this is the game. And every time when you see a new company partnering with a specific solution, utility will go up. And, and, you know, the price can be suppressed by whatever uh, uh, manipulation. But in the end, you know, you cannot stop it. It will continue and will go up. And one of our listeners, Johnny, is asking,
1: what is our opinion about the whistleblower coming forward and exposing the ETH gate conspiracy? We're going to be breaking this down at the end of the episode, guys, because this man is something we've never seen before for the industry. He won in a court of law discussing the conspiracy behind Ethereum, and he kept this information private, but has finally decided to come forward. But before we do that, we're on the Ripple News right now. So I'm going to stay focused and focus on this. Ripple rebranded their ODL system this week, and it's a decision to bring the product mainstream. That is out of the words of Ripple themselves. U.S. Crypto Decacorn, that's a pretty funny name there, Ripple has decided to cease the using of the term ODL as it might be difficult to understand at a first glance for outsiders. A decision was made to consolidate the ODL system under the term Ripple Payments. And this came from Ripple's Vice President, Johnny. What I think we're seeing right now is as Ripple is expanding their product into new corridors, They are becoming more accessible for everyday people. Why is the Philippines and Vietnam the first corridors to open up? Those are the countries that make a ton of small payments. People are sending $200 back home or $400 back home. When they open up to the Asian and American markets, we're talking billions of dollars per transaction. I think that's why they're going with the mainstream narrative here, Johnny. But I wanted to spend a moment on this. How do you feel about the rebranding of the ODL system?
2: Oh, I love it. I love it. When you say ODL, nobody has a clue what it means. When you say Ripple payments... So much more clear, simple. I love it. I think it's a smart move on their part to be able to simplify that and to be able. Hello, there, Far. Great to see you. Uh, I think it's so important, Abs, that they that you and you saw XLM seller try to do this a couple of days ago, where they rebranded their entire website. Everybody is starting to realize and figure out that you have to make it very, very simple and understandable, communicatable. And I think that that's Good, I think it's smart on their part to do that. Now, in terms of why they started in Asia, the reason why I think it's going is when you think about it, whenever you do something, you always want to go for a low-hanging fruit. And it's probably, and I don't, I'm not a banker, so I'm not sure. I'm just guessing. But my guess is it would be a lot simpler to penetrate these smaller banks that you know are looking for an edge to get over the bigger banks and need something. Then trying to go to the big bank that really doesn't like don't even go like go away. Don't even knock on my door. Right. The smaller banks. I mean, hey, come on in. We want to. So to me, I think that's why you've seen Ripple start where they have and go off to these smaller pieces because it's lower hanging fruit. Grab that lower hanging fruit. Get the get your technology in there. And then you're, you're now you're planting the seeds at the same time to be able to grow it globally in the long run.
3: Yeah. And there is, there is another reason that Johnny also you, you also know I.T., so that means it is, it's, it's an IT system. And what you want to do is start small with the system. You know, Start with testing, try it out, does it work, does it internationally work, and then scale it up. Because if you scale up immediately with, with millions and millions of transactions, you know the whole system can collapse. But if you can just build it up step by step, and that's what I see do, uh, what, what Ripple is doing, uh, uh, they just build it up with smaller banks, with smaller transactions. And they go step by step by step and they're growing that, that's what i what i like a lot andrew castle if there's one positive to the collapse of the us
1: dollar it's that assets like real estate gold silver oil and obviously crypto as well will all increase in value due to the collapse of the us dollar and i think that's what we're experiencing right now and robert kinasaki seems to agree as he stated crypto is the future as fiat money is toast this weekend Robert Kinosaki noted that there is a massive crypto conference going on in Singapore, emphasizing that it was very exciting. But this is the quote that caught everyone's attention. He said crypto is the future and fiat, a.k.a. fake money, is absolute toast. And in his view, gold and silver are God's money, while Bitcoin, it's the people's money. He expected that U.S. trust will be destroyed over the next two years, as well as the value of the dollar. Consequently, he projected that by 2025, gold would hit a value of $5,000, silver would be $500, and Bitcoin would be $500,000 by 2025. Now, Robert Kimasaki, he knows how to grab the headlines, Johnny, so throwing out a $500,000 Bitcoin price target, it's going to be great clickbait. I see what he's doing here, but what do you think? If we're going to see the collapse of the U.S. dollar, it's assets like gold, silver, and Bitcoin that are set to profit. Am I correct?
2: Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. If... If the U.S. dollar collapses, remember, it's it's just a simple equation and things are balanced based on what the value of the dollar is versus the, you know, to the ratio to gold. If the value of the dollar goes down, then by default, the value of gold, silver and anything else based on it is going to go up. That's a no brainer. And that's why I tell people if you're sitting on a ton of cash and you haven't converted any of it into any other asset, like if you haven't diversified. And bought some gold, some silver, some real estate, some crypto, and you're just sitting on a pile of cash only. Oh boy, boy, I would not. Don't forget I the lead. Not, uh, huh?
1: I said. I said, don't forget the lead.
2: I would. Well, like I always say, if you're going to own gold and silver, make sure you got the third most important lead. You got to have the. Lead, I mean, the <laughs> third, man, you got to have the lead to protect the gold and silver. But, but nonetheless, the point is, man, if you're sitting on just cash alone, I feel I I. I'm not a financial advisor, so I can't go in and tell people what to do. as. But, man, I could just say that's not where I would want to be. Not at all. I think
1: we're seeing a shift away from assets like the the boomers like to rely on gold and silver and these things. What we are seeing is people are becoming very comfortable with the idea of Bitcoin. And I think that has a lot to do with what uh, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink said a couple of months ago. Bitcoin is an international asset used as a store of value. As institutions begin to buy and hold Bitcoin, we are going to see a price increase over time. First of all, how do you feel about the 500,000 Bitcoin price target? 2025 is only 18 months away. And second, do you believe Bitcoin is set to increase due to the collapse of the US
0: dollar? I mean, so if you think about it, I mean, Johnny K has said this before, currencies only last about 100 years. So it gives. it's about time for the US dollar, I think, to about die and for a new currency change to happen. And I feel like that these numbers are actually kind of realistic because if you pay attention, by 2025, we'll have a Bitcoin halving and all this stuff will happen. And hopefully we'll have more regulations in place so that when this kind of stuff does start to take over, we'll see what is actually happening. I think that it might not go all the way to 500,000, but I think we'll actually see Bitcoin in three the 300 to 400K range.
1: You know what's crazy is that some people would call that hopium NFT tones. As we move into this market going forward, if we're going to sit here at a $30,000 Bitcoin and wait for 500K, we should at least have an exit plan. And that's why we created Merlin, guys. Merlin, you can get 30 days absolutely free. And the best part about this app, It does not increase your risk at all. We do not custody your crypto, but check it out, guys. Merlin, the smartest way to track. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and send you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. It's the smartest way to track your crypto, guys. And if we're talking about a $500,000 Bitcoin, I would hope you're taking some profits at the top. But Andrew Cashflow, I'm excited to get your opinion on this as well. And hopefully you can provide some realism. I like when we get contrary arguments here. Do you agree with NFT Tones? $500,000 is even possible over the next 24 months?
3: No, No, not at all. Not at all. And when you compare the peaks from uh from from ev- of, yeah ev- every bull run has a peak, and if you see from peak to peak how much it, it, it went up the first time it went 16, uh, 32 times up, then 16, then and eight, uh, you know, I I expect a bit in this coming bitcoin bull run, I expect uh, a top of maybe 2 to 3x based on the previous top. So that means uh, maybe 150, dollars $180,000 at the max. However, will it go to $500,000? I think so. But I think we need to wait for that another 5 to 10 years before it's there. So I have a, a, a lot of belief in Bitcoin, but sorry, guys. Not on, the, not on the short term, but anyway, if you double or triple your money, you know, with Bitcoin in, in, in maybe two, two years, that's a fantastic, that's a fantastic uh, win that, that you make there. And then, and then you get the problem. If you double your money, then Johnny, you have cash again. So what should I do with my cash? Gold,
2: silver, lead, baby, gold. Buy the metals. A <laughs> little, little real estate too. You can't go wrong. No, no doubt about it. But I, th- I think that you know, I, I'm in the same camp as Andrew. In the next year to two years, I think we see over six figures for Bitcoin for the first time ever. You know, low. I think we're in the low 100s, 150 is kind of what I always thought, somewhere in that zone or range. And you know, I, I think it's realistic in the long term. You know, can it be 500 or higher? I mean, listen, it, it's limited. If it does become a store of value for the world, then apps, you know you could just simply do the math on it because of its limitations. as long as they don't vote to change the max supply abs, it is not inconceivable that someday, maybe even you see, you know, Way above five hundred thousand, but in the next twenty-four months, no way. I don't. I don't see that happening. Here's
1: what I would say, Johnny, if we are going to get an increase in the Bitcoin price, it's going to take institutions buying and holding. We cannot have them buying and dumping on us like they've done in the past. And what's coming? We... What's going to allow that to happen? A having? I don't know. ETF Bitcoin ETF, exactly, guys. And I think that as this market continues to evolve, the Bitcoin halvings will have less of an impact, but less volatility will be involved in the price. Johnny, the reason you created Merlin, 90% of the money that comes in exits on the back end of the market. And if anybody understands that, it's JP Morgan and financial firms like BlackRock. But we got 396 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And one of our listeners said, do we get another 80% drop? If so, what's the bottom? I do not think we're getting an 80% drop from 30K, guys. I do think that bottom was most likely $15,000. But Johnny, this is the rabbit hole that everybody is excited to get into as Ethereum, uh, JP Morgan, and Ripple have been tied together for a long time and not for the correct reasons, but this news article here is shocking information. Bear with us, guys, because this one, it might take a while. So Stephen Nureoff, I can't pronounce names. I'm not very good at this, guys. Stephen Nureoff, the inventor of a utility token and ICO, as well as Ethereum and T0. So who is this man and why are we bringing him up on Good Morning Crypto? Well, he went to court. And he won. When it came to the Ethereum Alliance and the Ethereum ICO, he exposed a lot of the corruption that was taking place behind the scenes and how it still exists in the market today. I'm going to read this long tweet here, and we're going to talk about it. Former SEC Chair Joe Grunfest, who, who has integrity which seems out of fashion. As to the number, I now realize I can't tell the true number of Ethereum ICO buyers, as it was explained by some, how whales could disguise their, disguise their large portions during the ICO. Is that a violation of terms of service against speculative buying? It's hard to imagine anyone at Ethereum doing this. And if they knew others who did this, surely they would have told the SEC regarding the concentration of ETH holdings before the Bill Hinman law was enacted. I might have the document versions by the author of TOS amongst countless documents and recordings all stored in a number of locations. Why is this line so important, Johnny? He has truth. He's got the receipts, he's got the recordings, and he's ready to share them with the public. I may not have knowledge or items of importance given claims. I exaggerated my role, though I guess it's possible that I got some information if I was lucky enough to talk to an important co-founder. Either way, I suppose an effective way to silence me would be to prosecute, publicly discredit, and ultimately attempt to imprison me. It turns out this is actually what happened to me for the past four years until I proved the entire case was fabricated from the government's own documents, including the SEC, and got almost unprecedented dismissal with pre-justice. The SEC, Department of Justice, and FBI in a joint venture, oddly familiar, or sorry, and oddly, some familiar with Ripple's names amongst others, when I said dangerous areas, I did not suspect so-called friendly fire. He is basically calling for treason here, guys, and what he was stating in all of these documents is that the SEC, the Department of Justice, the FBI we're all collaborating on this Ethereum alliance, and it's not as ne- it's not as simple as it seems, Johnny. It wasn't confusing, and they got confused, so they gave a free pass to Ethereum. This was a coordinated attack on crypto to make money for the people who control these markets. And guys, it's see three-letter agencies that run the world today. It's no surprise to me that they control crypto as well. I just broke down a lot of information there, guys. I really just want to kick it to the group. Johnny, we'll start with you, and then Andrew. What do you take away from this? He said, take me to court. Try to imprison me. This is what he's been through over the past four years. And he won in the court of law. How do you feel about this man, a conspiracy it's turning into a matter of fact.
2: Yeah. I mean, I hope all the facts come out. I hope everything comes out so people can judge for themselves and and see what's happening, what's going on. Um, You know, I mean, at the end of the day, there's, there's, there's always going to be, I think when there's power, it corrupts. And so the question is, how do you keep it honest? And, you know, you got a whistleblower like that that came out and spoke the truth and had the proof, and 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 hopefully it'll be able to come out to the public so everybody can see it and and uh, be able to judge for themselves that. But but I think we all kind of have a sense that something was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. The real question I think anybody's still going to continue to ask when you bring it all back to the very you know fundamental basis of it is: is something going to happen? Will somebody be punished or prosecuted? That's the question, and and so far, we've seen no indication of that whatsoever. I haven't seen anything. Have you seen, seen anything about Hinman or the SEC or anybody being under investigation for this? I, I haven't seen or heard anything there, so until we do, I think it's just going to be the same conversation of something something shady happened, and the end result was they got away with it. Andrew Cashflow, I hope you don't agree with Johnny because I would love to
1: think there is going to be a prosecution of nefarious activity, but this is a really short video. I'm going to play 30 seconds here, and this is explaining how the Ethereum speech gave a free pass and how many, many institutions use that as clarity for the markets.
4: Full decentralization, and that's what the Hinman speech, which tracks my memo pretty well, has has come out and said. And the, the, the Hinman speech has generally said, okay, decentralization, we think, gets both Bitcoin and Ether out of securities law status.
1: Uh, That's really all I wanted to play there. Decentralization saved Ethereum and Bitcoin from being a security Andrew Cashflow. We just read a lot of information there. Let's stay on the JP Morgan conspiracy. With the Ethereum ICO being connected to the SEC, Department of Justice, and FBI, what makes you think they're, they would be prosecuted? Because aren't those the agencies that would prosecute someone? So who's even left to go after these people? That's my real question. <laughs>
3: You know, and that that's why I have such a huge respect for those whistleblowers. You know, these guys are really uh, uh, yeah, uh, stretching their neck out and and, and to make stuff in public. And you have no idea, uh, organizations like FBI and SEC and what kind of means they all have to make you your life uh, uh, not so very nice. What he said, you know, they have to imprison me or, you know. it, it, it is also a dangerous game what they are playing that's why i have a lot of respect for them look look what happened there even um, i i will not say that it will happen but planes will in a miraculously way will uh will, will crash just to get somebody eliminated and if you get uh, too big of a mouth and you are too dangerous i would say c- count your blessings and 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 but still, I think we need people like this, the, the, those whistleblowers and, and wh- whatever BS will be talked about. Yeah, because this and that, um, we, we will figure it out in the future. And uh, thank you for the for the brave people. And this is what's really interesting, Johnny. Charles Hotskinson continuing to double down
1: that there is zero corruption here to be exposed. We got 408 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button and tell me in the live chat. Do you agree with Charles or do you agree with the evidence? There is some exposure here between Ethereum and the SEC. He says there is zero evidence that members of Ethereum bribed the SEC and targeted Ripple. There never has been. There never will be. It didn't happen. It's just made up. Just because you want something to be true doesn't make it true. Johnny, these sound like fighting words. Once again, out of Charles, he always complains about the hostility from the XRP community. Here he is poking the bear.
2: You know, to me, I wonder why he would say, I mean, maybe he didn't, maybe when he wrote this post, he didn't see that, (laughs) that, 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 that whistleblower's information, or maybe when Charles was there, it didn't happen. And maybe it happened after he left. I don't know his reason of why he said that, but if I were him, I'd, I'd, I'd wait until all the information came out from that whistleblower before I put a statement out like this, because It sure smells like there may be some smoke out there, and if there's smoke abs, there's fire. So, I'm not sure. sure. I don't know what Charles is thinking, but I would not be writing something like that. Let me
1: ask you this Have you ever seen that it's a psychological test that they do on people to see if somebody's guilty? Where they'll pull somebody into a room and they can't figure out who's in trouble. There's three suspects, right? They'll pull all three suspects into the room and they'll say, What should be happened? What should happen to the person who did this crime? And they'll take those three people's opinions, and one person will say, They should go to jail forever. The second person will say they should go to jail for 20 years. But the third person says, well, they made a mistake, guys. It's I don't see the evidence. I'm not sure what really happened. That third person is the one with a guilty conscience here. And I'm wondering, does Charles Hoskinson have a guilty conscience, Johnny? The way he's defending Ethereum, you would think he at least has some incentive to do so.
2: You know, so, I have no idea what Charles is thinking. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe this, I mean, there certainly can be some truth to that of what you just said. I totally agree. If you're saying like, oh yeah, the penalty shouldn't be that bad. That's probably because you're guilty, right? And so, but in his opinion, I wonder if maybe when he was there, he didn't see any of that happening. And maybe that's why he feels with conviction that he can come out and say this. But for me, I would not be seeing that because after he left, it could have been something that happened. So who the hell knows uh, what the – hey, don't forget to smash the like button.
1: <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> to my boy. F-N-U-P. It's just a
2: habit. It's just a habit. They don't get it. You know, it's just a habit, guys. We, you know, listen, if you love this show and you want it to stay on, make sure you do smash that like button so people can hear and see it and help others, right? But I think, Abs, at the end of the day, you know, if Charles wants to continue to make comments that's going to get the community angry at him, that's on Charles. Why he wants to do that, I have no idea. Maybe he likes the controversy. Maybe he likes arguing with communities. I don't know why. I wish he would just go focus on getting Cardano done, You know, get it all out, get all the all the revisions done, and get it working, and let's see where it can go. Because it was one of the, in 2021 and 2022, one of the highest um, used by developers in GitHub. So he has something there. But you know, he's kind of like Trump. He keeps blowing it with his mouth. He should just keep his mouth shut, right? I mean, this guy keep needs his to fingers me. shut. Take the fingers off the keyboard, Charles. Write I the just, code, honestly, not the NFT
1: fingers. tones. I got a couple of questions for you. But why would Charles even? T- what positive
0: could come from a tweet like this? I mean, he. I feel like he's just trying to clear the air so that people aren't looking into it more. I feel like he wants to keep people from looking into this more so that. If people aren't looking into it, they won't care about it. If people start looking into it, maybe other other things will come to light. And it might not look so good for Charles either. So I'm wondering if there's more in this and he's trying to hide more evidence than that there's actually on that's actually there right now. And I like this statement right
1: here as well, Andrew. It said, how can Charles say that with such certainty when he left the organization in 2014 and all this corruption happened after the fact? So it's kind of like I said. If somebody is defending, if it, there must be an incentive to defend this narrative, that's what I really believe. But what do you think, Andrew?
3: Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there is an incentive, or he likes, or he wants to hide something, or you know, or there is behind the scenes they greet something. No, oh, let us let us talk a little bit positive about this or that, or you know, the sentiment needs to change a little bit, and 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 you can do that in this this way, and maybe then. Your uh, news agency will publish some, some positive news. And, you know, it's, it's such a, a, a powerful instrument, the news and also what we are doing here. You know, we also influence people. Everybody influences everybody. And, and, and is there an incentive for Charles? Absolutely, because they must or he must avoid pain. But I, th- I think more that there is an incentive. Either, you know, why are you motivated for something? It's pain or pleasure. Simple.
2: Hey, to me, here's my point. This, this, I love this comment. This is exactly the only reason why I think he might have written that thing with such conviction. Is if he was there in 2014 and he didn't see any of it happening. And if it truly did happen after 2014. It's just thing about you. Let's say you work there. And in 2014, let's just play this hypothetically out, and you didn't see anything happen. So you would come out and you would confidently say, this absolutely did not happen. Because under your time there, maybe you didn't see it happening. That's the only logical reason why I could think, if I'm trying to pinpoint why he would say that would be for that reason, is maybe it didn't happen under his time there. But you got to be careful when you write something like that to make sure you're not saying, that it didn't happen at all. He should have been very clear to say it didn't happen when I was there because it it seems like it did happen afterwards. But so sometimes just maybe the way you write things. So my advice to Charles is, Keep your fit. Write the code, not the tweets. That's the best advice. I would get. <laughs> Use those fingers to write quotes. Stop writing tweets.
4: And
1: this is what gets me excited, Johnny King Baker. I want to give a shout out to this guy. I always see him in the comments. So thanks for always commenting on our show, King Baker. He said, "Well, what when the whistle- whistleblower and his lawyers are done? It sure sounds like the dirt is going to be spilled. He has the map. At least he says so, Johnny. And this is what's so exciting. We got to bring receipts. We brought him to the Hymen argument. We're bringing him to this one as well. So but do you hear this-
2: The problem, Mabs. Perfect. A lot of times in these cases, don't be surprised at the end there's some kind of gag order or NDA or CDA that's good gets put in place so that these details can't come out. So we're gonna have to wait to see. I don't know. You know, you say, I don't know the details. of like, what you said, went to court. said this and that. I don't know what the outcome of that is and what can be shared and not be shared. But a lot of times, there's usually a settlement or something, and that information doesn't come out. So I'll be curious to see if it does or not. Apps. So that's what we got to keep our eye on.
1: And guys, we got five minutes left in the show. We got a great video to close it out on. This is Brad Garlinghouse talking about institutional investors when they're ready to buy XRP, they come to Ripple.
5: There's 27 trillion dollars around the world parked in what are called Nostra accounts. These are the accounts that other banks and payment providers use for liquidity. It's 27 trillion dollars. This is dormant capital. It, worse, it's capital that sits in another currency that might be inflationary, and I, as a bank, don't even want it there. But, you know, there's $27 trillion sitting out there. If we can use a very efficient digital asset like XRP to improve the efficiency of that and reduce the need to pre-fund $27 trillion, you can really change the nature of a bank's profitability. I, I will, uh, at some you know personal peril, I, I will uh, either be a liar or lucky, uh, to Joey's point earlier about anybody thinks they can predict the time of the markets. The, the one thing I would say about what's going on in the crypto markets uh it's important, I think, for everybody to realize that until very recently, institutional money, what I mean by that is you know, kind of traditional fiduciary money where you're managing other people's money, has not entered the crypto markets. One of the things that's interesting to see, Ripple, because we own 60% of the XRP, when people want to buy XRP in size, they come to us. And so we see institutions come to us and you see an interesting perch about what's going on with institutional demand for digital assets. And it, what has changed dramatically in you know, really Q4, and I think will definitely continue into Q1 and Q2, is institutional money is entering, because the assets overall is now, I think, $350 billion, which, by the way, is now higher than the market cap of JP Morgan.
1: <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs>
5: To get that in there anyway. The point I'm making is simply that there is you know, there is relatively speaking leaving forks aside. There's relatively speaking fixed supply and you have increasing demand. And when and down-
1: that speaks for itself, Johnny, fixed supply, increasing demand. What does that mean, Andrew? Higher price yeah. targets over the next few years. And we've broke down a lot of information here today, but I think what's most apparent is that the crypto market is evolving as we speak. and this Ethereum conspiracy, it's slowly turning into a matter of fact. NFT Tones pointed out something very important in the private chat. Ethereum's ICO launched in early 2014, and then Charles Hodgkinson left the organization in 2014 as well. That's pretty shocking. And guys, I just realized this. I'm so sorry, Andrew. There is an article about R3 that I think we need to cover. As enterprise blockchain firm, R3 is restructuring and cutting its staff. So they had about 700 staff members, and they cut 90 of them this week, talking about how there is a reduction in spending for the entire industry and they're just going to continue to focus on their products. They're working on Corda. They're working on developing CBDCs, but they let go of about 17% of their staff. So I wanted to throw that in the show as well. Can I get some quick comments from Johnny and then we'll kick it to Andrew?
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, Corda is the system that, you know, that JP Morgan is developing or working with Corda. So you've got, you got R3 consensus working on the Corda and Quorum system. So to me, this is the one to keep an eye on. This, I mean, I wish abs, I was, researching this this weekend and wanted to invest in r3 and unfortunately you can't it is on the private um equity but it's all sold out but to me this is one of the players that i think is going to be here in the long run they will have a big say i think in, in in the cbd system um that's happening and and yeah you can see here there was a relationship here and then they broke apart with ripple in 2019 there was a legal settlement and lawsuit so i i feel there was a relationship with consensus ripple and r3 and jp morgan and somehow ripple fell out of out of out of that circle for whatever the reason and you saw which one ended up again i'm speculating here i have no idea but there's something there but r3 is still in favor with jpm and i wish that was something we can invest in because to me i think they're going to be here in the long run
1: andrew Caswell, they stated this is just due to a consolidation happening across the entire industry when it comes to funding of financial operations so it's a cyclical thing. They think they're firing people now. They're hiring people again. Do you think this is serious and should be taken with some with some seriousness? I mean, R3 is humongous. Some of the biggest firms on the planet are part of this consortium.
3: Mm, you know, I'm not so much in R3 and Corda, but they, they need to know what they, they need to do, what they have to do. Look what Elon Musk did when he took over X uh, or uh, uh, Twitter. He also fired uh, 60 or 70% of the people. So, there, there will be a reason and they will figure it out.
1: Thank you so much, Andrew. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Andrew. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to NFT Tones himself. We got 382 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. Like we always say, Warriors,
4: ah. Get the shit together, baby. Thank you, John. Woo! Let's go.